قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله تعالى يرفع بهذا الكتاب أقواما ويضع به آخرين رواه مسلم Respected brothers, elders, mothers and sisters In May 1971 the late Qari Abdul Basit has visited our country and on his trip here somebody had asked him a very interesting question they said, O oh, Qadi Sam, you have recited across the globe. Can you tell us, can you enlighten us with some miracles that you might have seen with respect to the Qur'an? So he responded that I haven't seen one or two, I've seen thousands of miracles. So the person was like, okay, we can't, have, we can't listen to thousands of miracles, but can you at least share with us maybe some highlights? So he said, on one occasion, Gamal Abdul Nasir, who was the president of Egypt, he was invited by the Soviet Union and he went and they had a meeting and they presented communism before him and he rejected, he returned to Egypt. And then some years later, he was invited a second time. And on his second trip, he took Qari Abdul Basit with him. So Qari Abdul Basit was very confused, he was surprised that why am I being called to go with the president of Egypt to the Soviet Union. But nonetheless, he went. And Kamal Abdul Nasir, he introduced Qari Abdul Basin to these leaders of the Soviet Union. And he told him, this is the Qari of the Qur'an. And he is going to recite some verses from the noble Qur'an. So Qari Abdul Basit, he says, I closed my eyes and I started reciting. And I marvel at his selection, he recited the opening ayat of Surah Taha. مَا أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنَ لِتَشْقَى The very same ayat which were a means of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu entering into the fold of Islam. He said, after reciting for a while, then I opened my eyes and to my amazement I see these leaders of the Soviet Union and all of them are in tears. They're crying and they're crying as they're listening to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Kamal Abdul Nasir, he was surprised and he asked them, why are you people crying? Did you understand anything? These were people who didn't even speak Arabic. They didn't understand a word which was being recited. They said, no, we didn't understand anything. But we felt the power of these words upon our heart. And this is what, exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an. وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَى الرَّسُونِ تَرَى أَعْيُنَهُمْ تَفِيضُ مِنَ الدَّمْعِ مِمَّا عَرَفُوا مِنَ الْحَقِّ This ayah was actually revealed with regards to Najashi and the, 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 the high ministers who were with him, or when the Muslims, when Ja'far was summoned to his court after the migration to Habasha, and the Quraysh had sent uh, Amr ibn al-As and Abdullah bin Abi Rabi'am to go and try to bring the Muslims back. So they presented their case before Najashi, and then Najashi called Ja'far and he asked them, what is the matter? These people are accusing you of so many things. What do you have to say for yourself? So he gave his famous sermon when he said, Ayyu al-Malik, Kunna qawman ahla jahiliyyah, na'budu al-asnam, wa naqta'u al-arham, wa nasiyu al-jiwaar, hatta ba'ath Allah ta'ala ilayna rasoolan, na'rifu sidqahu wa nasabahu wa amanatahu, fa'amanna bihi wa saddaqna. That we were a people who were lost. We had no direction, we had no focus, we had no navigation in life. We used to bury our daughters alive. We were rude to people. We were harsh with our neighbors. And to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent amongst us a Nabi, a Prophet, 
We know his lineage. We know his truthfulness. We know he is telling us the truth. And when he came with this beautiful deen of Islam, then we accepted it. And then Najashi asked them that you have anything to recite from the Quran. And then Ja'far anhu recited the ayat of, of Surah Maryam. After which Najashi as well as all the ministers who were with him, they were, they were taken to tears, they were taken aback. Their hearts had been impacted greatly by the recitation of the Quran. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to in this ayah. When these people hear what has been revealed upon the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you see that their eyes overflow with tears because they understand, they realize, they recognize that this is the truth. This is something which nobody else can produce. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, time and again in the Quran, He challenges the mushrikun, He challenges the kuffar, that why don't you bring something like the Quran? That you are going to say this is sihr, this is magic, this is shi'r, this is poetry, you know, this is sorcery. You're going to make all these claims. And you're going to say that the Prophet ﷺ fabricated it. So if that was really the case, then you should be able to bring something like it also. قُلْ فَأْتُوا بِكِتَابٍ مِّنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ وَأَهْدَى مِنْهُمَا أَتَّبِعْهُ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Bring about a book like the Quran. Show it. Let's see your proof. They were unable to do so. Nobody was able to match anything that, like that which was in the Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made their task a little bit easier for them. أَمْ يَقُولُونَ افْتَرَاهُ قُلْ فَأْتُوا بِعَشْرِ سُوَرُ Okay, you're saying that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam invented, he fabricated it. Why don't you just bring 10 chapters? You can't bring the entire Quran. Just produce 10 chapters like those which you find in the Quran. Again, they were unable to do it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made their task even easier for them. وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبَدِنَا فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِّن مِثْنِهِ Okay, you can't produce the entire thing. You can't produce 10 surahs. Just bring one surah. One surah. إِنَّا عَطَيْنَا كَالْكَوْثَرٍ فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَانْحَرٍ إِنَّا شَانِئَكَ هُوَ الْأَبْتَرٍ The shortest surah in the Quran, just one line, three ayat. Why don't you bring something like that? But even that they were unable to do. Proving that what? This Quran is divine. This Quran is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that even if the entire mankind and the entire jinn kind were to gather, and all of them were to put their brains together, their intellect together, and they were all to try and come up with something like the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would never ever be able to do so. Now, if you look throughout the seerah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you see multiple instances wherein the kuffar, the mushrikun of Mecca, the leaders of the Quraysh, were greatly, greatly impacted by the tilawah of the Qur'an. One is you have a Muslim who has iman in his heart and now he is being impacted by the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is understandable. But when you have a kafir, a mushrik, who is opposing the deen, but yet when he hears the verses of the Qur'an being recited and then he is impacted, this truly shows that this Qur'an is a mu'ajizah. It is a miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah has made mention of innovation in tafsir. Now on one occasion, Al-Akhnas ibn Shuraiq, Abu Sufyan, and Abu Jahl, 
These were three prominent leaders from amongst the Quraysh. They gathered one night and they decided to listen to the tilawa, to the recitation of the Prophet ﷺ. But then after a while, they said to each other, they said, you know what, this is going to look really, really bad. That we are the leaders of the Quraysh. The whole day, our whole lives, we are spending time telling people, don't believe in Muhammad ﷺ. And now at night, imagine if people are to come and they are to see us here, that we are gathered and we are listening and we are enjoying to the recitation of the Quran. They will call us the biggest hypocrites. They said, you know what? We can't do this again. We need to leave from here. So they left. Then the second night, they all came again and they gathered, the three of them. Al-Akhtas ibn Shrayq, Abu Jahan, and Abu Sufyan. Again, they're listening to the tirawa of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They couldn't hold themselves back. There was this natural pull. There was this natural inclination to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How beautifully Abdullah ibn Rawaha radiyallahu anhu put it. وَفِيْنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ يَتْلُو كِتَابَهُ إِذَا شَقَّ مَعْرُوفٌ مِّنَ الْفَجْرِ سَاطِعُ أَرَانَ الْهُدَى بَعْدَ الْعَمَى فَقُلُوبُنَا بِهِ مُوقِنَاتٌ أَنَّمَا قَالَ وَاقِعُ يَبِيتُ يُجَافِي جَنْبَهُ عَنْ فِرَاشِهِ إِذَا اسْتَثْقَلَتْ بِالْكَافِرِينَ الْمَضَاجِعُ he says, amongst us was the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And you would see as dawn was, as the sun or as, as Fajr time was coming in, it would be the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reciting the verses of the Quran. Aran al-Huda ba'd al-Ama. He showed us the path. He guided us towards the straight path. Ba'd al-Ama, after we were blinded, after we were misguided. فَقُلُوبُنَا بِهِ مُنْقِنَاتٌ أَنَّمَا قَالَ وَاقِعُونَ Our hearts have absolute certainty that what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has come with is a reality. يَبِيتُ يُجَافِ جَنْبَهُ عَنْ فِرَاشِهِ So when every kafir, when every disbeliever was enjoying his comfortable, his peaceful sleep in his cozy bed, it was the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was up crying for the hidayah of mankind. Nonetheless, these three individuals, again, the second night, they're listening to the tilawah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then afterwards, they said to each other, they said, we just cannot do this. We have to stop coming here. As much as we love it, as much as we enjoy it, the Quraysh, the rest of the mushrikun and the kuffar, they cannot find out that their own leaders are coming by night and listening to the tilawah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they all took oaths. They said, let us promise one another that by Allah, after tonight, we are never going to come back and listen to the tilawah of the Prophet So each one of them took an oath. They said, we're not going to come back. We're not going to come back. We're not going to come back. Then the third night, Al-Akhnas ibn Shuraiq, he thought to himself that, you know what? Abu Sufyan and Abu Jahl, they took an oath last night. They won't come. So if I go, they won't be able to find out. Abu Sufyan had the same mindset. He said, okay, my two companions, they took an oath. If I go, it will be fine. And Abu Jahl also had the same thought. If I go, my other two companions won't know because they took an oath, they're not going to come. So like this, all three of them ended up back again on the third night, listening to the tilawah of the Prophet ﷺ. This was the pull, this was the inclination, this was the impact that the Qur'an had upon the hearts of these mushrikun who were enemies of Islam. They hated Islam, they hated Nabi ﷺ. Their entire life was dedicated to try and curtail the mission of the Prophet ﷺ. Yet by night they find themselves listening to the very tilawah of the Prophet ﷺ. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this. وَإِذَا ذَكَرْتَ رَبَّكَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ وَحْدَوْ وَلَّوْ عَلَىٰ أَدْبَارِهِمْ نُفُورًا They thought they were slick, they were sly, they could hide, that nobody would know that they were coming by night. Allah Ta'ala exposes them to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to the entire Ummah. Now when you are reciting the Qur'an wahda in solitude alone at night, then they come, they listen, they enjoy. But then once you complete, وَلَّوْ عَلَىٰ أَدْبَارِهِمْ nufura, They turn upon their backs, they run away, they don't want to accept this message. نَحْنُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا يَسْتَمِعُونَ بِهِ إِذْ يَسْتَمِعُونَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِذْ هُمْ نَجْوَىٰ إِذْ يَقُولُ الظَّانِمُونَ إِن تَتَّبِعُونَ إِلَّا رَجُلًا مَسْحُورًا Allah Ta'ala in this ayah highlights their hypocrisy. He says that we know how they come and how they are mesmerized by the Qur'an. But then when they go back and they are amongst their own people, then they say, you know, Rajulam Mashura, this is a man who has been bewitched. This is a man who sihr, who magic has affected. He's a sha'ir, he's a sahir, he's a kahin, he's a magician, he's a poet. Allah Ta'ala refutes them. وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ شَاعٍ قَلِيلًا مَّا تُؤْمِنُونَ وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ كَاهٍ قَلِيلًا مَّا تَذَكَّرُونَ This Qur'an is not the word of any poet. It's not the word of any sorcerer. This is the divine. إِنَّهُ لَتَنزِيلُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ This is the divine revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Continuing on this note of how the Qur'an impacted the hearts of the kuffar, of the mushrikun, the mushrikun of Mecca. You had, an, you had an individual by the name of Tufail ibn Amr al-Dawsi, who later on became radiallahu ta'ala anhum. He was not from the people of Mecca, he was from the tribe of Dos. And he was the leader of his tribe. So on one occasion, he came to Mecca Mukarramah, and he was an ally of the Quraysh. He enjoyed a phenomenal relationship with them. So when he came to Mecca as a visitor, they immediately rushed to him. And they told him that, O Tufayn, we want to warn you, we want to caution you about this man named Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He has come with this new deen, he has come with this Qur'an, and anyone who listens to it is impacted, is affected by it. So we are warning you, O Tufayn, don't go anywhere near him, don't listen to anything that he has to say. Keep your distance, keep your distance. So they told him so much, and they threatened him so much, that he said, I was so scared that I took two pieces of cotton, and I put them in his, my ears. So just in case, just in case, I happened to pass by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he happened to be reciting the Qur'an, I wouldn't be impacted by it. Hence one of his nicknames was, the one who had two pieces of cotton, because he put those two pieces of cotton in his ears. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَا تَسْمَعُوا لِهَذَا الْقُرْآنِ وَالْغَوْ فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَغْلِبُونَ When the Qur'an would be reciting, rather than listening, what would the kuffar do? الْغَوْفِ They would say, you know what, make noise, shout, make some noise, so that we don't have to hear it, and nobody else has to hear it also. Nonetheless, Tufayl ibn Amr, as he was in Mecca on this visit, one day he happened to pass by the Prophet as he was engaged in salah in front of the Kaaba. So when Tufayl ibn Amr, he saw Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performing salah in front of the Kaaba, he thought to himself that, you know what, I'm an intelligent individual. It's mentioned about him that he was also a sha'ir, he was a poet himself. He said, you know what, if this is really poetry, if this is really magic, if this is some sorcery, I will be able to catch on. I have the intellect, I know, I can differentiate between right and wrong. So why don't I just lend the tilawah of the Qur'an, the Prophet ﷺ, my ears. Let me see what he has to recite. If I like it, I will accept it. If not, then I will carry on in my way. So he took those two pieces of cotton out of his ears. And he hears for the first time the tilawah 
from the Mubarak mouth of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when he hears it, he's taken aback. Immediately he realizes, this is something divine. This is not like anything else that I've heard before. So after Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam completed his salah and he went home, Tufail ibn Umar al-Dawsi, he went and he followed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he told him his story and how he heard the Qur'an, he heard the tilawah, and how mesmerized, how amazed he was by the tilawah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he said that I want to accept Islam. And he accepted Islam at the hands of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thereafter, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent him back to his people. He said, go back to your tribe, the people of Dos, and go call them, invite them towards Islam. So Tufail ibn Amr, he went back to his people and it's mentioned in the riwayat that he presented Islam first to his father. His father accepted Islam. Then he presented Islam to his wife and she too accepted Islam. And then he started calling his tribe towards Islam, giving them this da'wah, la ilaha illallah tuflihu, say la ilaha illallah and you will be successful. But nobody much, you know, listened to him. They didn't pay much attention to him and people were not willing to accept Islam. So he came back to Mecca Mukarramah again a second time. And he came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he complained, And you know what, my people, the people of those, they have refused to accept Islam. So can you make a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against my people? Make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroys them because they don't want to accept Islam. I don't see much good in them. فَرَفَعَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam raised his hands like how we do in dua when we make dua. So people started saying, Halakat dos, halakat dos, halakat dos. That's it. The tribe of dos is going to be destroyed now. Here you have the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam raising his hands. He's about to make dua against these people. That's going to be the end. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was rahmatul lil alameen, who was a mercy to the worlds. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made dua, Allahumma hdi dawsan wa'ti bihim. That, oh Allah, you guide the people of dos, and ya Allah, you bring them to me. And then he told Tufail ibn Amr al-Dawsi radiallahu anhum, that I want you to go back a second time, and I want you to go back and to continue giving da'wah to your people. So Tufail ibn Amr radiallahu anhu, he went back, and he started giving da'wah again to his people. And this time, because of the dua, because of the barakah of the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, people started accepting Islam in droves and scores. Until the seventh year after Hijram, it's mentioned that when he came to Medina Munawwaram, 70 to 80 families from the tribe of those had accepted Islam. Not 70 to 80 people, 70 to 80 families. So you can understand this is hundreds if not thousands of individuals who accepted Islam at the hands of Tufail ibn Amr radiallahu ta'ala anhum. But the point that I wanted to highlight here is what brought these people into the fold of Islam. It was the Islam of their leader Tufail ibn Amr al-Dawsi radiallahu anhu. And what brought him into the fold of Islam? It was the tilawa of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he heard when he was in Mecca Mukarramah. And by the way, from this tribe of those was also the great muhaddith 
Amir al-Mu'minin of al-Hadith, Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, who narrates 5,374 ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imagine if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had made dua against these people and they were destroying what would have happened? But we see the him, the forbearance of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the rahmah, the mercy of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then he made dua for them, and through that barakah, and through the barakah of his dua, Allah subhanahu wa taala granted that entire tribe hidayah. Continuing on this note of the impact that the Quran has upon the non-Muslims and it had upon the mushrikun of Mecca. There was one of the leaders of, of the Mushrikun of the Quraysh by the name of Utbah bin Rabi'ah. This Utbah bin Rabi'ah was also a very prominent, a very staunch enemy of Islam and of the Muslims. <coughs> so on one occasion, the Quraysh held a meeting and they said, you know what? This deen of Muhammad wasallam is beginning to spread very fast. <coughs> we need to do something quickly about it. So let us try and negotiate a deal with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they sent this Utbah bin Rabi'ah. He volunteered. In fact, he said, "I'll go. I can talk to Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, and I can negotiate something." Is it okay? Abu Jahl said, "Go ahead." So he went. He came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he said, and he gave him multiple options. He said, "In kunta turidu bihi al-mal, jama'na laka amwalana hatta takuna akthara malan." If you want wealth, if that is why you are calling, you are inviting us towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this mission of yours, if the motive behind it is that you want wealth, we will gather all, all of our wealth and we will give it to you. You can become the richest of all of us. And if you want power, you want authority, you want to be the ruler over us, then no problem, we'll make you the ruler, we'll make you the, you know, the power, the authority of Mecca Mukarramah. And if it is woman that you want, then tell us, choose whichever woman from the Quraysh you want. عشرًا, we will marry you off to ten such women. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he didn't say anything. He very calmly listened to what this Utbah bin Rabi'ah had to say. And afterwards he asked him, أَفَرَغْتَ يَا أَبَا الْوَلِيدِ Oh, Abu Walid, have you concluded? Have you finished whatever you wanted to say? He said, yes. He said, okay, I listened to you very patiently. So now can you listen to me? He said, of course, no problem. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started reciting to him the ayat of Surah Fussilat. حَمِيمٌ تَنْزِيلٌ مِنَ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ كِتَابٌ فُصِّلَتْ آيَاتٌ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لِقَوْمِ يُؤْمِنُونَ all the way until, until according to some narrations he reached the part where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the destruction of Aad and Thamun when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reached these parts, these portions of the surah, when Allah ta'ala is talking about how he destroyed Aad and Thamun, talking about the punishment of his then Utbah bin Rabi'ah, he couldn't take it anymore. He said, Hasbuk that's enough, enough. Stop there, stop reciting. And then he went back and he was trembling from inside. When Abu Jahl saw him approaching, he said, this Utbah bin Rabi'ah, I sense something has changed. This is not the same face with which he left. When he left, he had a particular mindset. He had a particular attitude. But when he's coming back, I can see something has changed. 
So Utbah bin Rabi'ah, when he came and he approached them, he addressed them and he said, Ya ma'ashar al-Quraysh, or gathering of Quraysh, let me tell you, Wallahi ma huwa bil-shi'ri, wala huwa bil-sihri, wala huwa bil-kahana. I swear by Allah, I have heard the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reciting ayat of the Qur'an, and I can tell you with certainty, without a shadow of doubt, that definitely this is not poetry, this is not magic, this is not sorcery, this is something divine. So just leave him alone. Stop trying to harass him. Stop trying to curtail his mission. This is something which is divine. If you're going to continue to do this, I fear some divine punishment will overtake you. Abu Jahal responded and he quickly brushed it off. That Saharaka Wallahi ya Abul Walid. He told the people, Don't worry, this uh, this Abul Walid, this Utbah bin Rabi'ah, some magic has been performed upon him. He doesn't know what he is talking about. But yet, look by his own admission, admission, he himself is saying that yes, I was definitely affected by the Quran. The tirawah of the Prophet ﷺ impacted him. You can go on and on with multiple, multiple incidents from the lives of the mushrik, of, of, um, from the seerah of Nabi wasallam, when you see the Quran impacting, affecting the mushrikun of Mecca, the staunchest enemies of Islam. We know the incident of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhum. When he set out with his sword, intending to kill Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and after meeting Nuaym ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhu, who directed him to the house of his sister Fatima bint al-Khattab, and he came there and he heard the ayat of Surah of Surah Taha being recited. Immediately, his entire demeanor, his entire mindset was completely changed. His heart was softened, and he came to the Prophet ﷺ. He accepted Islam. Jubair ibn Mut'im, he came to Medina Munawwara. And he heard the Prophet ﷺ reciting Surah Tur. And when Nabi ﷺ reached the verses, Allah Ta'ala poses the question that were you created just like that? Did you create yourselves? Are we the ones who created you? Are they the ones who created the heavens and the earth? Or is it Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala who is the creator? Powerful, powerful ayat. When he heard these, he says, It was as if my heart was about to fly out. This was the impact that the Qur'an had upon their hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an, أَلَمْ يَأْنِ that has the time not come for the believers to soften up to the tilawah, to the recitation of the Qur'an. And here you have all these mushrikun whose hearts are being softened by listening to the Qur'an. How about us who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed with hidayah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored us and allowed us to be from amongst the muslimun, from amongst the mu'minun. Should it not be the case that when we hear the verses of the Qur'an being recited, that our hearts tremble, our hearts are, are impacted. وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ وَلَا يَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَامِ And Allah Ta'ala says that don't be like the people of the book, referring to the Yahud and the Nasara. فَطَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَنِ The time period became very long. expands That the time period between them and their prophets was a very long duration. And hence, as a result of that, as a result of them being disconnected from wahi, 
Their hearts became hardened. The Mufassirun mentioned here that when, if we will disconnect ourselves from Wahi, if we will disconnect ourselves from the Tilawa, from the recitation of the Quran, from trying to understand the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the same thing that happened to the people of the previous nations, when they disconnected themselves from Wahi, the same thing will happen to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. But then in the ayah after that, Allah Ta'ala mentions something very interesting. And I'll conclude with this, bi'idhnillah. Know that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala revives a dead land, uh, you know, revives a land after it has died. You know, when you're driving and you see these farmlands in the winter time, it appears to be completely dead, completely barren. There's nothing growing there. Sometimes it's covered in snow, it's covered in ice. It looks like a dead land. But then come spring, come summer, now you see the crops, they begin to grow, see the fruits coming out. So the Mufassirun raised a question over here, that what is the connection between the two? One ayah Allah is talking about the power of the Qur'an, and then the next ayah Allah Ta'ala is talking about reviving a dead, a dead piece of land. What is the correlation between the two ayat? And the answer they give, Jazahumullahu anna khayran jazam. that they say, that just like the land appears to be dead, but after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revives it, and He allows trees, He allows crops to grow from there. Likewise, a person's heart may be spiritually dead, but through the Qur'an, through the blessing, the tirawa, through pondering over the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can revive a dead heart also. We know that the month of Ramadan is coming close. This is a time, this is the month of the Qur'an, Shahrul Ramadan, الذي أنزل فيه القرآن. The one and only ayah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the word Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pairs it up with what, with what quality, with what characteristic? الذي أنزل فيه القرآن, the month when the Qur'an was revealed, which is a very clear indication that the month of Ramadan is the month of the Qur'an. So from now itself, if we start and we begin to develop this habit within ourselves of attaching ourselves to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever level we may be at, just increasing that a little bit, day by day, week by day, week by week, if we make progress slowly from now, inshallah, from this month of, of Rajam, then by that time, the month of Ramadan comes, inshallah, we will be able to benefit. Uh, yes, a person who just jumps into the month of Ramadan, inshallah, he too will derive some benefit. But the benefit that he will derive will be very minimal in comparison to a person who prepares himself well in advance before the month of Ramadan. So I make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants myself, grants us the ability and the tawfiq of attaching ourselves to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may, may He make us from amongst the Ahlul Quran, those who Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned, Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has some very chosen, selected individuals from mankind. Qila manhum, they asked, who are they? Qal ahlul Qur'an, hum ahlullahi wa khasatuh. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, these are the people of the Qur'an. They are the very close, very chosen servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his beloved ones, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from amongst them. Ameen, ya rabbal alameen. Jazakumullahu khayra. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Inshallah, breakfast is ready. Can proceed downstairs.